Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Chairman Yang and Krumah, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, man. Coming to you again on another, give me a moment. There we go, that's a little better. Coming to you again on this Tuesday. Um, and like I said, like I do every Tuesday, man, I want to thank everyone who is tuned in, who is um, spending their Tuesday with us to get some of this political education, to find out what we're talking about when we talk about a revolutionary ideology, a revolutionary philosophy, revolutionary theory, and revolutionary practices and actions. You know my philosophy, African communalism. Together there is nothing we can't accomplish or achieve. Individualism only ensures our certain doom and destruction. Today we're talking about, um, you know, the topic of today's show is what the hell is a conscious community? 
What the hell is a conscious community? And how did we come up with this title? When did we begin to de- de- separate ourselves from the, Afri- from the masses of African people here in America? Here's my fear with us labeling ourselves a conscious community. In revolutionary jargon, it, had, it is called elitism. It has the danger of taking us into what is called an elitism, to being an elitist people, to separate ourselves, and not only to separate ourselves, since we as an African people, who, I mean, any of us that are being truthful and serious about revolution, can't deny that we're affected by being colonized, being enslaved, suffer from, at times, a colonized mind state, or we still have colonized behavior, behavior of a colonized people. So some of this behavior is a supremacy, is an arrogancy. So on top of separating ourselves and calling ourselves this uh, conscious community, the dangers of that being elitist, we add with the colonialist mindset that a lot of us still possess, we add the the superiority to it, the supremacy to it, the arrogance to it, and we begin to look down on those people whom haven't read the books that we might have possibly read, uh, haven't, haven't, I'm sorry, somebody called, haven't um, read the books that we might poss- possibly read, haven't come to the conclusions that we've come to because of the information that we've been exposed to. And instead of us doing our job, uh, that being informing the mass of African people, inspiring and motivating the, the masses of African people to participate in their own liberation struggle, we begin to ostracize, ridicule, de- degrade, belittle, you know, downright our brothers and sisters because they don't think as we think. And it has gotten so bad in this so-called conscious community that even um, they consciousness is even now attached to, they say, what you eat. You know, if someone eats meat, he can't be conscious or she can't be conscious. If someone has a beer, they can't be conscious or she can't be conscious. And a lot of this, I would say, I, I really put on, honestly, and I know that I'm going to get a lot of feedback from it, a lot of us, those of us that call ourselves revolutionaries and those of us that are sincere in the revolutionary movement. Because what has happened is our sitting back, our apathy towards uh, participating or really correcting the errors that are manifested in so-called revolutionary practice, revolutionary thought, revolutionary speech, we sit back and we have allowed a vacuum to begin to exist. We've allowed an opening. And in this opening, some of the most assorted characters step in. I mean, you would, and and, and it's not so much just them stepping in, they're stepping in and stepping in in positions of leadership. And they don't have a clue. And this is dangerous. This is dangerous. This is dangerous. Why is this dangerous? Because they begin to not only saying that they're representing a so-called community, not only are they saying that they, um, like I said, represent a so-called community, but what they're saying is that we are the leaders of black liberation struggle or we are the voice of a black empowerment movement. And that's what's dangerous. 
all under the guise of a so-called conscious community. So what the hell is a conscious community? When did we start to see that we have to, when did we begin to uh, feel the need? Those of us that I say we're informed, I, listen, I don't even like, that that conscious community bullshit. I don't. I, I particularly, personally, I don't particularly care for it. Like I said, it sets up an elitist, uh, not just mentality, but it sets up elitist patterns. It sets up elitist behavior. It begins to go into, if we're not careful, it begins to go into a cultish type of thinking. And, and this is what we see going. It is reminiscent. For those students of history, it is reminiscent of Dr. W.E.D. Du Bois' Talented Tenth and the Intelligentsia. Now, I understand that saying this consciousness, this conscious community, you know, should have been some type of thing to aspire to, you know, something for us to reach for, and that it would give the masses of African people something to strive to belong to that was better than the degradation, the poverty, the, the insanity that plagues us as African people in our day-to-day life, but that hasn't become the case. You find just as much degradation, just as much immorality, just as much insanity in the so-called conscious community than you would find in what we're calling the non-conscious community. I guess that would be the name of it. You will find the same madness because the only thing that changes is the clothes. Maybe brothers grow locks, sisters grow locks. Maybe they gave up some meat or something, but the mentality remains the same. I, for one, am an advocate that that has to be done away with, that that type of talk, that is just more, you know, it it, it lends to a divisive way. It aids to us dividing ourselves. So the conscious, this conscious community is, I think, I don't even know, you know, I'm hoping, what I'm hoping someone gets on the line and explains to me if they can give us a little history about it. I don't even know if we really, or we talk about conscious community, if we're really conscious as to when that came about. When we begin to feel the need to separate being an informed people or those of us that have some information and going back to the masses of African people here in America, aiding and assisting them to elevate the level, to better the, to better the, the living conditions and standards, um, to being something totally isolated. When did that come into play? And how did we ever think that that was going to work for us as a people? How did we ever think that that was going to work? That the whole point of the revolutionary is what? The revolutionary is a humanitarian. The revolutionary's job is to, um, the revolutionary understands the highest aspiration for man, and man speaking meaning all genders, is to be able to reach the, the, the highest aspiration for the human, is to be able to reach and to fulfill its human, its highest human capability without being hindered without being obstructed, without being blocked intentionally by outside forces and inside forces, but we're talking about the black man here in America, so we're talking about the system that is designed to hinder the black man and the black woman here in America from reaching his or her fullest capabilities. 
and highest potentials. This is what the revolutionary job is. And the inflammation is only a tool to assist in that endeavor, to aid us in that noble cause of revolution. But revolution has gotten twisted. The revolution has become, um, and, and revolution and this so-called conscious community has become a place just to exchange and debate. And most times the debates are not on theories or principles, on practices, on methods, or anything that will begin to liberate a people or start a people in the direction of self-sufficiency and self-determination. In most cases, just look at it. It has become a place to debate. It has become a place that we can live our wildest fantasies. We can live our wildest fantasies. We can be the pharaoh of Egypt. We can be the god of the universe, supreme commander of an army that doesn't exist, outside of a few Facebook likes. So we've bitten into our own hype. And this has, if it hasn't set us back at the very least, it has created a place of stagnation. It has stopped us from being forward, forwardly mobile. We don't have a clear-cut plan. It has also hindered in building a unified uh, front, aiding in black solidarity and unity. It has hindered that because when we come into it, because it hasn't this so-called consciousness, this so-called consciousness and the conscious community hasn't addressed the real issues, not first and foremost, and, and those real issues not being the outside issues, not being the issues of the conditions in which we live, but, but the issue of self. See, the conditions in which we live are a manifestation of where we're at, the condition of self as revolutionaries. We haven't embraced revolution as our way of life. We haven't embraced revolution as our way of life because revolution is an action word. See, to be conscious only means to be, an, a, be aware. How many times have the people heard me say that you're conscious when you open your eyes in the morning and you're lying in bed? You're conscious. You're aware. You're awake. You know, you lay there for a moment. You listen. You know, the sun is shining. And you hear the birds chirping. But you haven't gotten out of bed to actually begin your day. You're only aware. So consciousness is just that. It is an awareness. So some of us can be aware. We can get the books. We can go on YouTube. We can look at um, um, the Facebook, all of this stuff. And we can become aware. And it's just information. But unless that information is applied to our life, unless that information becomes transforming, life-changing, life-altering, then it's just that information and it's not knowledge. Knowledge is the practical use of that information. And this is what the revolutionary must begin to enact. The revolutionary must step away from being content with being in a conscious community or being called conscious and must be a man and woman of conscious actions, deliberate actions, actions that will aid and assist, actions that are beneficial for all of African people, first and foremost, and once that is done, once that is accomplished, once that is achieved, we will begin to see these vibrations spread out through the world. But it starts with us. 
it starts really a real life of self-critique, really critiquing self and an honesty of self. And until we do this, then we will always be cuddled. We will always be content with these so-called titles. The other dangerous danger of a conscious community is that it's not a real community. A real community has a structure. The danger of the name of this so-called conscious community implies that there is a structure, that there is a format, that there is some type of checks and balance to it. When you go into a community, you understand the roles, the code of conduct, the norms in that community, how that community operates, how you fit in that community, how you can be a, a detriment or a benefit to that community. You understand it is, it is a tangible thing. The so-called conscious community doesn't exist outside of just title. Like I was saying earlier in my monologue, that you will find some of the most base behavior, some of the most immoral behavior, some of the most uh, um, uh, disturbing behavior and disturbing people in the so-called conscious community. So I ask again, what the hell is a conscious community? And do we need to even say it? This needs to be one of the things that needs to be stricken out of our vocabulary. I'm telling you, it only lends to the divisiveness of African people here in America. That's all it's good for when we talk about that. But now when we talk about a community based on, and it's not because, it, listen, when we talk about this consciousness, you know, I, I mean, it, that is so vague. That is so vague. Conscious of what? Conscious of what? And what is it benefiting? Your consciousness, how does it aid and assist the masses of African people? You're being conscious. Most of the people, and I'm speaking for Atlanta now in, in the city that I spend a lot of my time, is and I'm going to be honest. Like I said, I know a lot of people on the line that are silent, and this may step on some toes. But for the most part, the conscious community in Atlanta, in my opinion, of course, is an elitist, petty, bourgeoisie, capitalist community. I'll say it again, an elitist, petty, bourgeoisie, capitalist community. What does that mean? Let's break that down in the language term. A bunch of niggas that have isolated themselves and selling each other um, things, Marked up at exuberant prices, at high prices, but due to, um, what do they call it, that pack mentality, I think they call it, pack mentality, the fear of being ostracized and ridiculed is what makes the people feel like that they have to have these goods, they have to buy from this place, that they have to eat a certain type of food so they go to this store. And the things that the people are selling, that the merchants are selling, aren't, aren't a really affordable to a um, people in a particular economic class. This is how you know there again that it sets up for elitism. That it sets up for elitism. Then you find the classism kicking in because the everyday average uh, masses of people can't afford some of those things. You say this is healthy eating. Now I understand cost and overhead and I understand the things of business. And I also understand profit. And I understand greed, <laughs> you know. I mean, it's not, it's not for me to tell, say who's greedy or not or how much people should make as a profit, but let's be realistic. 
The needs of the people must be foremost. I'm not saying don't get the things that you enjoy in life, but not to the extent that it begins to isolate, that it begins to exclude the needy amongst us, that it begins to exclude the needy amongst us, that we begin to practice capitalism. To the extent, and the most ways that Africans here in America practice capitalism is consumer capitalism. They're not a venture investment capitalists. They're not investing in businesses. You're not on that end of capitalism. It's consumer capitalism. You're the consumer. You're who the capitalist market to. And the few of us that do have businesses and don't have a market for that business begin to try to milk the meager market that we do have in the so-called conscious community. This is why I think that some people have an interest, a vested interest, in keeping this term conscious community because it is a market base also for the petty bourgeoisie capitalists. It's a market base. And when I speak of capitalism, I'm speaking in the terms that I teach the people. Capitalism is what? Capitalism is when you can ride through a neighborhood and see an abandoned house and then ride up the street under the bridge and see somebody homeless. You have a house with no occupants, and you have occupants with no home. That's capitalism for you. And we find this in the so-called conscious community, that we will rail against the people. The conscious community will rail against the people, will browbeat the people, will berate the people, tell the people how the people need to eat healthy, how the people need to um, stay away from certain foods, how the people are dressing, you're wearing weed, you're doing this and doing that. We have all of these problems and all of these things. We shoot out to the people, but we don't make the healthy food or the traditional dress accessible to the people, at the very least affordable for the masses of African people. So conscious community doesn't address your political nor your economic stance or position. In this decadent society, in this nation, this oppressive nation called America, it doesn't address that. It only means that you are aware. And the revolutionary, well, this is why I say as a revolutionary, what the hell is a conscious community? And the revolutionary has taken the back seat. The revolutionary has, has begun to play second fiddle. The revolutionary has fallen off. Why? Because the revolutionary is, it's not, it's not popular to be a revolutionary at this point. It isn't popular. The revolutionary has not asserted themselves enough to make people see how vital revolution is for an African people here in America. We haven't made ourselves vital. We've fallen by the wayside. We've become stagnant. And the revolutionary must step up their game by any and all means. So this is what we're talking about in a nutshell. This is what it is. And this is how we have to, and this is how we have to come at it. But until then, you know, we'll continue, we'll, we'll be playing these games. We'll be going back and forth. 
We have to step up as African people. We have to begin to, we have to reclaim the mantle. We have to call out the sensationalists and those that promote or on empty rhetoric that don't have an idea, that don't have an agenda, that don't have a plan. They only simply, they're simply like the oppressor. They want to exploit your people. They're exploiting the suffering. They're exploiting the misery. They're exploiting the pain of African people here in America by offering feel-good solutions. And it does feel good. It's wonderful to turn on Facebook and to see these strong black men and black women, some holding firearms, standing in front of the police, looking very defiant, very militant in their position. But at the end of the day, when the lights are gone, when the cameras have rolled away, what programs are left in place for the masses of people in those communities? Have we brought just more attention? Have we brought more police repression and suppression? Things that the revolutionary must think about. The revolutionary is a social scientist. The revolutionary is a social scientist. The revolutionary thinks about cause and effects because revolution is a science. And this is what we have allowed the uh, counter-revolutionaries. We've allowed the pseudo-revolutionaries, those that would be counterproductive, those that would be provocateurs and some even agents, We've allowed them to come into our midst. We've allowed them amongst us and to get out there. And we've failed our duty and the oath that we have taken, whether we've taken that oath verbally aloud or taken it internally in our souls, swearing to our ancestors who have paved the way for us to do the work that you and I do today. We have failed in that oath by protecting the sacred trust of revolution. Revolution is a sacred trust. Going back to the ancestor that first snatched away when chains were put on him, that first shrugged and pulled and pushed, that bit and kicked and spit, and yes, that even killed that goddamn beast, that white man who fought against his oppressor, her oppressor, who said that freedom was more beloved than anything that you could offer. And that death was more preferred than anything that you were going to get due to me. The revolutionary has failed to capture that spirit and inspire the masses to have that, is, that spirit. For this is what the revolutionary is. The revolutionary is not just a speaker. The revolutionary is not just one to get up there and to want to be seen of men, to want to get up and have people say that that was elegant, that he spoke very well, that was dynamic, he was fiery or she was fiery. I felt it. No, the revolutionary should be one to inspire the people to participate in their own liberation struggle by showing them practical means and ways. This is what the revolutionary does. The revolutionary will get in and show them practical means and ways. I, I remember a time, I'm reminded of a time when they were interviewing Ernesto Che Guevara, a Cuban revolution. I think that many of us are familiar with Ernesto. And they were interviewing Ernesto, and they asked Ernesto during the Cuban revolution at one point in time after they had landed, I think it was like um, only 82 of them that had actually landed. And in the battle, in the conflict, in the mountains, 20-something of them were wounded. And Fidel left Shea behind to take care of the wounded. And then when Shea had come to the U.N. in New York, 
and they asked Ernesto, <coughs> excuse me, how did you feel, <coughs> excuse me, when Fidel told you to stay behind with the wounded and you didn't get to see action at that particular time? How did you feel? Did it make you feel any kind of way? He said, no, because the revolutionary does what is needed. If the people need a farmer, the revolutionary will put down the rifle and begin to till the fields. If the people need a teacher, the revolutionary will put down the rifle and pick up the book and the pen and the paper to educate. If the revolutionary needs, if the revolution needs, if the people need a doctor, the revolutionary will put down the rifle and begin to heal and tend to the sick and ill of his people. And then if the call arises to defend that, even if it means defending it physically, the revolutionary won't bat an eye, won't blink, but will do what it takes to defend that. We often ask ourselves, why won't people fight for their freedoms? Why won't people stand up? Why won't people take a position, a firm position against this imperialist power this oppressive power, not just we say imperialism, that means internationally, but capital, oppressive capitalist state here nationally amongst the African people, black people right here, we don't understand why black people won't stand up to this beast. And I will tell you why. Here's the big, here's the vast difference between the third development Panther Party, whom a lot of us refer to as the original Panther Party, and us today, institutions. Hear me when I tell you. Don't sleep on that. Don't sleep on that. Institutions. Why were the African people rising up with the Black Panther Party, whom we call the original Black Panther Party, ready to take up arms and defend themselves? Because there were programs, and those programs were survival programs. And when you threaten someone's survival, the very first law of nature, the very first law that anything is given is to defend itself, is self-preservation. So when you offer the people a survival program and they begin to see their living conditions change, believe me, you, you won't have to tell the people to fight for the program. The people will fight for it for themselves because they will see how it has affected their lives, how it has changed their lives for the better. This is what the revolution does, but you and I, What we want to do, we think we're going to talk our people into freedom. We think that we're going to Facebook our people into a new era. We think we're going to YouTube our people to the mountaintop, only deceiving our people. And the true revolutionaries, and my mouth is closer to my ears, we sit idly by. We sit idly by and watch it. Shame on you and I. Shame on you and I. Those of us who have studied revolution, those of us who have dedicated our lives to revolution, sit idly by while pseudo-revolutionaries, while reactionaries, while counterproductive people step into the places of revolution, posing and pretending, posturing to be revolutionaries, posturing to be freedom fighters, posturing to be liberators of the oppressed African people here in America, and they're nothing but misery pimps, nothing but misery pimps. Negroes ain't got one goddamn program and 20 PayPal on 20 different Facebook pages. Nigga ought to be ashamed. 
in the true revolutionary society, when revolution is real, that Negro would answer. And revolutionaries know what I'm talking about. Yet we pretend to play because we haven't taken it seriously. We haven't grown sick of the oppression. Not yet. Not yet. We may grow angry. We may grow angry. But as time goes by and as we continue to look through the Facebook and constantly seeing Facebook feeds of our demise and our defeat, of our extermination, of our uh, execution, of our being degraded and dehumanized and belittled and dragged and, and, and downplayed and just everything that the human psyche can't take, it clicks, it snaps. And in its snapping, we grow a numbness. Our brain, our hearts, our emotions grow callous. And the thing we say, that's a damn shame. And flip to the next one. Damn, that's a damn shame. And flicks to the next one. And we're frustrated and you find these people that know we're frustrated will come out and begin to play on you and our frustration. They will begin to play on our frustration. You'll find them making the Facebook post saying, I'm tired of the marching. I'm tired of the stuffing. I'm done with them protests. Nigga, you ain't going to do nothing. Shut up. Shut up. Because if you was a revolutionary, you would understand that the revolution is a process and not an event. And there's all things that lead up to that glorious process of a complete and constructive change for the betterment of humanity as whole in general, but specifically and particularly the black man and woman here in America, that African man and woman here in America is who I'm talking about. So we understand that the protest is to bring attention. So if you have the people that are protesting, allow them to protest and bring attention, then I ask the revolutionary, what is the next step? We understand it can't die with a protest. We understand that protesting isn't the sum result. But what is the next step? This is where the revolutionary draws a blank. The revolutionary erroneously mistakes a feeding event for a feeding program. It's not a program. And I'm not knocking the feeding event. I think that it's wonderful. Feed the people. But don't call it a program. We must begin to teach true revolutionary principle and theory to our children so our children don't grow up and think this phony shit that we're doing is revolution. This is why they say we fumbled the goddamn ball. Because we phony. You fake. You're pseudo-revolutionaries. You're counterproductive. You're a Facebook revolutionary. You're a YouTube revolutionary. You want to debate religion. You want to take on the name Panther. Take on the name Black this, Vanguard that, Movement this. All the tough names. All the, the, the glorious names that imply these wonderful things that you're going to do or that you're doing for the people, and you're not doing anything. Because we don't apply ourselves to study. And then when we do apply ourselves to study, when we do come up or think that we've come up with a revolutionary theory, we don't attempt to put it into a revolutionary practice. Let me tell you how I know that this is a fact. Because if this was not true, it wouldn't be a problem to unify. It wouldn't be a problem to unify. If we were revolutionaries, it wouldn't be a problem to unify. 
we will be fighting for the same thing, which is empowerment, complete and total liberation, the right to self-determination for African people in America, if you're a revolutionary black nationalist. If you have another definition, press one. I'll let you in. I'd love to hear it. What is your definition of revolutionary black nationalism? But the revolutionary black nationalist, the revolutionary has been brushed aside, and this is how people get away with this scapegoating, because now they call it this so-called conscious community. The hell is a conscious community? Nigga, please. Nigga, please. A conscious community? You elitist. You divisionist. You separatists of African people. A conscious community as opposed to what community? A non-conscious community? A nigger community? Why, if you're a conscious community, you're only saying that I want to separate from the masses of African people when they're formed amongst us, when they're formed amongst us, responsibility and obligation is to go back to the less informed amongst us and to empower them with the information. And to empower them with the information. Why our ancestors should be ashamed of us if they aren't ashamed of us. Denied the right to learn. Denied the right to read. Denied the right to expand our understanding. Because we were prohibited access to information. Murdered behind it. And those of us that could read would sneak and read to the other masses. Would inform, would let them know what's going on, would share that. It was precious. Now we get it. Not only do we not share it, but those who have it want to begin to debate with one another about it. Like that's going to lend to our liberation. It only provides for entertainment. Like I tell people, these so-called people debating should put at the bottom of their shit for entertainment purposes only. That's all it's for, entertainment. Niggas want to be entertained. We dying, we starving, our children are malnutrition, the schools are failing us, they got a school to prison pipeline, prison industrial complex, this is just nationally, internationally we're about to go to war, shit we got North Korea, he moved the embassy to um, Israel, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, alienating and, and, and annexing a further the Palestinian people. And the world is going crazy over this imperialist power, and they're looking to the most oppressed people, which is the black man and woman in America, like, nigga, what you doing? What we doing? Jamming. Dancing. Singing. Playing. And those of us not doing that, saying, well, I've come into a consciousness, begin to debate one another and snub our nose. Turn our heads up. Begin to look down upon our brothers and sisters because we've been informed. We've read a book or two. The revolutionary must step up. The revolution has to go to the next level in order for the revolutionary to begin to even get a glimmer of freedom of what freedom would taste like to pass it on to our children. Have you forgotten what the revolution is for? Have you forgotten that the revolution is for the people? This is why we're the people's Black Panther Party for self-determination. The self-determination is for the people and us as Black Panthers saying that we will continue the tradition 
of resistance as found in the so-called Black Panther Party all the way back from Fannie Lou Hammond in Lowndes County, Alabama. We go to the first development, to the third development in Oakland, California, I believe 1968, under um, Chairman Bobby Seale's defense minister, Huey P. Newton. They just added on to self-defense. We're saying we're following in that line. So this is why we take up the Panther name. But I'm beginning to question and wonder those that even take up that banner. There's very few that I would call comrades in the struggle. Very few. That I would say even, and they say, well, who are you to say who's worthy? I'm a revolutionary. And the revolutionary has a right to critique and criticize those who call themselves revolution, revolutionaries. Revolutionary doesn't belong to one individual. It doesn't belong to Yang and Krumah. It doesn't belong to Fulan Fulan, Shaba Shaba, and Pharaoh Yip Yippy. None of those. It belongs to the people. And if we don't safeguard it, if we don't protect it, then who will? We become so blinded by skin complexion. We become so blinded by this cracker. Our hate and our rage has blinded us to other enemies. And those enemies being enemies that look just like us because that enemy can speak a little jargon, can throw out a word or two. Because that enemy has can quote from a book he or she has read. We become so accepting. But the revolution should be like the lifeblood. The revolution should be nurtured and cradled. The revolution should be revolutionary thought, ideology, philosophy, and theory should be protected. It should be upheld, put on a platform, and guarded with its utmost. For it is the only solution to our problem. Is a complete, total, and constructive change is the only solution to the black man and the black woman's problem here in America. It isn't reformism. It isn't integration. It isn't assimilation. It isn't multiculturalism. It's none of that shit. It is complete and total revolution. We have to be separate from our oppressor. Bottom line, we must separate from this oppressor and in our separation, not only physically, but we must separate mentally. To separate physically and not give back the colonizer, his colonialist mind state only proves breeding ground, provides breeding ground for neocolonialism. A great book to read about it is Wretched of the Earth by dear brother France Fanon and the Algerian Revolution. Read about it. You would begin to see once you read about this, you will begin to see, like, what's the old biblical saying? There's nothing new under the sun. I'm sure many of us have heard this. You will begin to find that since revolution is a science, that there is a pattern that goes with revolution, and that pattern won't be undone. It's like the sun rising in the east and setting in the west. There's a pattern to revolution. And since we haven't studied revolution, since we're not man enough and woman enough to uphold revolution, we allow these cuckoo clock, cuckoo for cocoa puff ass Negroes to come here masquerading as revolutionaries, further descending, deceiving, and fooling the people. I'm your brother, National Chairman Yang Krumah, People's Black Panther Party of Self Determination. On Blog Talk Radio, independent Blog Talk Radio, this is your voice, my voice. An opportunity to say something. Press 1, and I'll recognize you if you want to jump in. It's the topic is what the hell is a conscious community? 
and the role of revolution, and the role of revolution. Let's go to our phone lines. Greetings. Greetings. Yes, thank you for, um, you know, having this uh, broadcast. I find it very important and enlightening. Um, And this is Nikita. I am in Canada, um, and I appreciate you discussing uh, the revolution or the conscious community. I was born here in America, eight generations, um, and I find that uh, being in Canada, which is the same state, it's a state, it's a corporation just like the United Snakes of America, um, and we continue to call ourselves um, African, okay, the terminology. Now, in the eyes of the law, um, mm-hmm. we're not African. Um, in the eyes of the law, we're actually the indigenous nations of these lands, or America, or the Americas. Now, pertaining to the conscious community, the only way we're going to be uh, classified as conscious is to um, build our economics. And that is the revolution um, in my eyes. Because if we do not purchase, produce what we eat or eat what we produce, um, if we do not um, invest in each other, in our businesses, in our services as a nation, we are one nation. We're the Melanite nation with various demographics, everyone else is a culture of the nation. They are a representation of who we are. Um, The important thing, too, is how we see each other. And, yes, the propaganda is only to keep us um, in a state of not only confusion but also defense instead of being offense. Um, If we, when we actually... Um, utilize our services, our products, and um, what we do on a global scale, then our revolution begins. But until then, we can call ourselves, no disrespect, Black Panther Party, New Black Panther Party. Um, We can call ourselves part of the Moors uh, movement, uh, Moorish Uh, movement. We can say that we are even Christians and whatever else. But at the end of it all, we are one nation, okay, and we need to build our economics. There's no other way. Other cultures, they have invested in themselves, and that's the reason why they have the political stance and the say-so in the eyes of the law. Um, Also, when we're looking at um, other cultures, uh, if there is a business that someone wants to start and they're a part of this community or their community, they have a, they utilize their religious facilities, their churches or their mosque or, you know, their temples to formulate their meetings, have their business plan, and then they invest in it, all of them. Whoever isn't, even though they may not agree or they don't think it's their plan, they still invest in it and they see the potential of economic growth. And then from there, that's how they're able to have the trucking companies. 
That's how they're able to buy land. That's how they're able to rebuild or restructure after they've come into these lands. The government gives them the okay because they're productive. We have not been productive for ourselves. And when we haven't, because we haven't, that left room for every other aspect of our livelihood to be governed by other institutions, organizations, and cultures. So I don't see a, a conscious community at this time. However, what I do see is that there's a lot of companies that we've started, whether it's our beauty products, we're making them out of our homes. Um, we have a lot of people in the financial um, industry when it comes to accounting, finance, um, banking, and everything. How come or when will they come together and uh, start a credit union? You know what I'm saying? Um, mm -hmm. How about how about all the brothers and sisters that are in construction, plumbing, skilled trades, right? Mm -hmm. When yes. will they come together come and together. form an association so that that way they get all the contracts instead mm -hmm. of it going to other cultures? Or how about the music industry on a whole? Where mm -hmm. is our music um, association? See, this this world is governed by organizations. And, and corporations. The United States is a corporation. Canada is a corporation operating yep. on indigenous lands. We continue to call ourselves black, color, all these colorable terms. But guess what? The reason why we're not able to go to Africa, because our generation was here. Mm -hmm. And the borders well, are closed. Yeah. yeah let me, I, and and, and, and I, I agree with some of what you're saying. Um, you know, and I want to jump in because I agree with some of what you're saying. Me, I'm, I'm, you know, and you sound like a lot of people I've had on there. I, I identify with being African. I'm going to tell you, I identify with being African. I am unapologetically African. I know that there's a lot of mixture. I've, I know the, the whole indigenous movement thing. I've got a couple people that I kick it with are Moors, which is cool. You know, my whole thing with the law though, a, a lot of what you're saying, and I understand America's a corporation, and my whole thing with the law, though, is laws are only laws because they can be enforced. You know, okay. and until, if we begin to play the legal game with this oppressor, then we've already lost. You know, we have to play it to the degree that, and I'm not saying play, participate to the degree that we're building up something to enforce um, or to express our discontent. We have to first be organized. I agree with what you were saying, organized economically, organized politically. You know, we're too divided to be, when we get caught up in that laws, we just, we, that's exactly what happens to us. We just get caught up. You know, I don't think that the African people in America or the black people, I don't, you know, I don't get caught up in semantics. Oppressed people here in, in America with melanin, you know, which I happen to call black, um, don't understand that we're a nation based on the common oppression the common experience that we have. We get too caught up into the semantics. And and then to go into another thing that you were saying when we talk about why we can't do a lot of things, is because of that. There's nothing we can't do, but we have to shake the colonialist mindset. We have a colonialist mindset. We have what happened to the African here in America, the black man, the black woman here in America, the more here in America. I'm just going to say African or black man or black woman, so I don't have to keep doing all of that. Happened to us no here problem. in America was, okay, was very real. You know what I'm saying? And it's not only was it psychological, it was, you know, um, not only was it f physical, 
it was very traumatic psychologically. And you still see us suffering from the effects of that. We do have a so-called conscious community. I'm like you. I don't think one exists. But it's just a title that people use to be able to be elitist. Because one thing that the black man has learned here in America, what he doesn't want to be is a nigger. He will be everything. You don't, he doesn't have an ethnicity. You know what I'm saying? Because we go through, like you said, go through the semantics. You ask the black man what he is. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Christian. I'm a whore. I'm a comedic. You know, we, we, we sum everything, so we can't unify on that. You know, but we want to be everything but what it is that we were made into. And I think that I'm one of those that embrace the American experience. I'm like, okay, it happened. I ain't going to cry about it. I'm not going to be wet about it. What I'm going to do is like them Yahudis do, them Jews do, and I'm going to say never again and begin to create conditions and programs that educate our people, inform our people, and empower our people so that it doesn't happen again. We can't escape what happened to us, and we can't escape who we are. And I think that a lot of times a lot of the semantics that we use to identify ourselves is just an attempt to erase the history that happened to the African here in America. And I'm going to turn the mic back over for you for two more minutes, Queen. Okay. Um, so my question is, just to mm-hmm. elaborate on what you were saying, and I appreciate what you said. Thank you. Um, there's two things. One, I noticed that when we are here in these land locations, Canada and the United States, right? Yes. We are doing business as much as we should, and we're mm-hmm. right next door to each other. Um, mm-hmm. And when it comes, and now I'm going to show you something. We do, in Canada here, we, in Turtle Island, I should say, because I'm Choctaw and Chickasaw Nation, right? Okay. Um, So, and a majority of our family is too. Um, I'm talking about on a quote-unquote North America aspect. Um, We need to do business more together. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to actually uh, make it a one database uh, to be able to utilize getting our products that we use. We are making products as well. So the thing is, there has to be some kind of communication um, between Canada and the United States uh, mm-hmm. people that are calling themselves citizens. That's a misdemeanor in itself as well. Because if you, by you being, and I appreciate what you're saying as far as the Moorish, right? Um, When it comes to that aspect, um, we are the melanated nation. We are the melanite Mm. nation, period. And once we, I, I, I introduce that term as well, so that that way there is no division, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That's smart. With our lifestyles. So if we adapt that we have the the full capacity to call ourselves whatever we want to and then everyone else must follow because and then we don't answer to these other terms and we document it because everything with the government is paper trail yeah so we have to put our status on paper now i appreciate where the moors and and nobuju ali they came into the legal aspect of indigenous people. They came um, wherever uh, they're saying their headquarters is in Morocco, so on and so forth, but that was not um, accurate information based on the time, 
the culture, and who was in power at that time. Um, we, you said that we must study, and mm-hmm. it's vital that we do that. And then once we get into it deeply, because I know you don't have much time, but if we're looking at um, Dr. Anderson, right, and yes. he talks about the legal aspect of what happened to our people, the challenge is, is that a lot of our people are still calling themselves black when they are actually an indigenous tri- or nation of these yeah. lands here. The numbers don't add up as far as the quote-unquote slave trade, okay? Mm-hmm. And a lot of our indigenous people, they say that they disappeared. That is a lie because most of our family, we traveled up the um um, what they call the uh, Mississippi River, which mm-hmm. is equivalent to the Nile to River and yeah. the continent. It runs the same mm-hmm. way. So they did the mm-hmm. same thing. Simultaneously, wherever the invaders went, this is what mm-hmm. they were doing to indigenous people. We must, my brother, I, I, I encourage you to do more in-depth research as, to far, as far as your family, your location, your travel through the war is all documented. Yeah. You look at the Mennonites. They had a, a it, it was religious, okay, yeah. that had yeah. the records of all our people. Now, when you're talking Moors, I'm not a Moor. I would be considered a Moor, and you, mm-hmm. you are. Not Moor-ish, right? There's nothing right. ish about our people. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. We put on all these titles. We look at each other. If you wouldn't tell me, you wouldn't be able to tell me that you're a Christian, God forbid. But I'm just saying, if you were a Christian, I wouldn't know it by looking at you or any of my people that look like me. Mm -hmm. But it's when we open our mouth and what we say to determine who we are, that puts us in a category that is contrary to who we are. Yes. And that's what is going on. And and we we formulate these organizations saying that it's a black thing. Okay, fine. Where is blackomania? Or where is the black land? Where is black this? Where is the black um, 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 government? You understand? So we are only known by how we classify ourselves in the eyes of the law so that the United Nations, and other governments, we are supposed to be that government body. And everything yeah. that incorporates that body is the flag, is the currency, is the laws, the constitution, is the, the, the security or the policing system, not police, but, you know, um, the guarding of our interests. These things okay. have to be put into place. And it's not there. It's not there, and that's why there is no conscious community. You have to mm-hmm. be conscious and enlightened to something in order to carry that. And then you, you actually act it out. You demonstrate it. In daily, mm-hmm. we need infrastructures. We have a lot I of um, different that. education systems. But yeah. here's the thing. Um, let me show you something real quick. The me, one and time then I, and then on, I want to go to, I'm going to give you a few yes. more minutes, sister, and then I got to go to my, because I got my, my, my callers want to, you know, I appreciate Jump in here, so Thank okay. You. I won't, I won't, I won't keep everyone. Thank you for your patience, but I, I just appreciate this, this, this segment so that um, I'm able to share maybe a different concept on how we deal with each other and when we talk. Every time we speak, it should be planning our financial um, um, execution. 
you know, how we are implementing every time we have these conversations, it should not be how we are in a demising situation. Our conversations from this point on should be when are we going to buy our strip mall? What event can we use yeah. to raise the profit to go buy the store or invest in a small business? Where are the banking? Uh, where are the banks um, in these conversations? The people that you know are in the financial well, and I, the legal aspect as well. Absolutely. Immigration. I, I think that that's going to come from and 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 so and let me let me ask you this real quick because I am going to go mm-hmm. to the live. I see my man yes. Kevin. I see you, Kevin. I'm coming to you right hey, now. Um, <laughs> come to. You. What I do want to do though is I have you in the Can I have one of my officers um, send you a text and contact you because I want to have you back on the show and then we can personally. I have you with some a couple of my officers personally get into one of these discussions because there's Absolutely. some interesting things you interesting things you said. Some I agree with. Some I don't quite necessarily agree with as being, mm-hmm. a, because I am a, a separatist, when we talk about the banking system, when we talk about economics, we do see some of that, in, especially coming from Atlanta. I see a lot of melanated people with businesses, but they have a colonialist mindset and they, they subscribe to capitalism. Capitalism but is not good for us. But the one thing that we do is when mm-hmm. we come and we talk and we sit at the table, guess what mm-hmm. happens? We have the opportunity to to restruct how things are doing, and then everyone else must jump on board. It a- is absolutely. separating. What I'm talking about, it is separating. A- and the only way we're doing it, 97% of our community global wealth is spent outside of our community globally. We only yes. keep 3% yes. for our melanated nation. And it gonna we work don't well. have we don't understand we I I think the whole thing is gonna come back to accepting the fact that we are a melanated nation and what is that nation gonna be founded on? You know, I understand I have big props for my more brothers and sisters. Big props for them. Don't necessarily Absolutely. always agree I always agree with it because I don't agree with really getting so intertwined in the legal process and saying that they defy this, they defy that. That's what self determination is about. The right to defy yourself. I'm, I'm like you, you know, when we study my ancestry on my mother's side, it's Choctaw, like you said. I don't necessarily. Really? What up, yeah. cuz? Look, bro, yeah, you need to put that on our documentation so yeah. that way yeah. we can keep our land. I'm not playing. But the land I, 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 is the wealth. Yeah, yeah. so I and mean. And we it's, need it's to coming. start growing some food. Well, You're going to talk yeah, to me. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to call but me, it, have your officer call me. There's no text. But, um, yeah, this is the number. You link me okay. back. I'll provide my email and all that good stuff. Actually, I can okay. Facebook you and send you my email from the broadcast because, you know, okay, I sound, posted it in my Facebook. Cool. Sounds good. And it's, yeah, Okay, so you got my name, Yang and Kuma. I still will have my officer contact you, and yes, um, we can get that information. I definitely appreciate you sharing. Stay on because you may hear something else that you may want to share on. I'm going to go back to our, our phone lines. Thank you again, sister. Thank you. You're welcome. Bless up. Bless up. Um, go to our phone lines. Get our brother Kevin on, man. He's been waiting patiently. Get my guy on here. You know, I was talking about those few people that I consider doing that Panther thing. This is one of them. What's up, brother Kevin? Peace, brother. Black Peace, Power. Man. How are you, brother? Black Power. I'm good, man. How about yourself, man? You know, I had to no, go on a tirade today, man. You know, I had to get it off, man. I was just, I'm, you know, just sick of it, brother. You know, after no, a while, hey, I was brother. Sick of it, man. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was almost, man. I was mad that you stopped when you stopped, but because <laughs> you was, you, I mean, you was, I was in thorough, a hundred percent agreement. And and uh, I love what what the sister was saying as well. Uh, I agree with some of the things. What I agree with that she said, I hundred percent agree with. Um, there is some things I, I'm. I question, but, you know, like I said, everybody's path is what gets them going where they go. That's how you get where you're getting, and that, that's that's fine. You know, uh, I'm totally a free thinker, and I believe in that um, because I believe that's where any freedom starts. And that's one of the things that I hate that we didn't take from uh, watching the Europeans and how they did what they did here, how they set mm-hmm. these corporations up and used us as the beast of burden to uh to make them profitable, you know. Um mm-hmm. and it bothers me that our people for all the things that they wanna do when they wanna bleach the hair and all the other ways they wanna emulate, you know, these critters, they don't emulate their fight for freedom. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what they did. They fought mm-hmm. for their freedom. They did mm-hmm. not hinge about it. They didn't you know they didn't agree with each other, but they agreed they all wanted to be free. Even while they mm-hmm. were whooping their slaves, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and they yeah. did that, and and it's yeah. funny that we have all the tools we need. Someone was saying, "Man, if we had more guns, there's plenty of guns in in, uh, in people of color's community. Mm-hmm. No matter what, whatever it is, plenty of guns. That's not going. That's not going to do it. You know, um, what about money? We got all of these stars. They mentioned Jay Z and all of them. I'm like, when you mention million dollar slaves. To me, <laughs> you open yeah. a can you don't want. <laughs> you right. open a can you don't want. We ain't going to even do it, you know. Uh, when I think about my, the Moors, when they talk about the legal aspect, it's funny how many of them have called me uh, wanting me to help bail them out of jail. I'm hey, like, why I, didn't you, listen, snatch, didn't why didn't you go that. snatch the, the, <laughs> the judge's bond like you said I you could do? Because yeah, I'll become a Moor today. Because to me, that would be the most powerful way to yeah, take the system yeah, back because we go and yeah. start snatching all of these shares, these constitutional shares, and yeah, and all of yeah. David Clark would have never existed if yeah. what the Moors were saying had some, 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 some credibility on that particular aspect. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't totally buy into that, and I don't like that I hear, you know, that we should dismiss the Atlantic, the transatlantic slave trade. Um, I have uh, my great-nephews. Are Brazilian and black. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. when I and I I'm, I purposefully did my homework about Brazil and South America and the conquistadors and and all the things that they did to get slaves over here, and that that's a lot of them came that way, a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know when um when we're talking about when you when you was talking about revolution and and actually I was I was like man. You know, he needs to record this. I, I need to, to get a copy of this just the way you said it because because it was perfect. Because what we do have is a bunch of people out here who take this lightly. They mm-hmm. think that uh, because they get to go and hang out with Bobby Seal for a minute that now they are revolutionary. I'm like, no, you're not. What you got to do mm-hmm. is you got to go and buy his book, and then he took a picture with you. <laughs> yeah. But if you didn't buy the book... Then yeah. he wouldn't take the picture with you. Right, right. You know, black power. Right, <laughs> okay. right, right. That's real talk. You're supposed yeah, to be a revolutionary for life, right? You know, yeah, I'm just saying, yeah, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, exactly. we, yeah, that's another that's another story though. That's another show. That's gonna be another show, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah, that's another show. Yeah, Because yeah. <laughs> we must yeah. deal with the hypocrisy that's within the community. Period. And I do mm-hmm. agree with this: the conscious community. That term should be stricken. Yes. From our language, it does not exist. Mm-hmm. What I have found from most of the people who talk the conscious community. I found them lusting and that becoming their their true reason for being in. I found that they uh, saw it as a customer base of sorts. And that mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, they turned it, they, they totally corrupted what it was supposed to be about. A revolutionary is coming from a point of love. And they're also mm-hmm. willing to die uh, for what they believe and for the betterment of their people. That's what a revolutionary is. Mm-hmm. There's no 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 addendums, you know. That's it. But that's what it. we have is a bunch of people out here who are like the Eric Griffins with the pages and pages and people blindly just giving him money, not even knowing where it goes. Um, we have others who who are using this. I, I got into it with Umar Johnson. I just want to have a simple question, man. Mm-hmm. You know, with the money that you had raised. Why didn't you start a bank or some other businesses here since you said they were giving you such a hard time about starting the schools, but yet you were still getting money? Well, what happened? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the question is going to always come back. You know, we follow the money, you know. Mm-hmm. We follow mm-hmm. the money. Where's the, you know, what did you do? Uh, Brother mm-hmm. Polite, another one. And I look at mm-hmm. all of yeah, y'all got your 15 minutes of fame, and what did you do with it? You used it. To do exactly what you told them, as you're telling people what the community is doing to them, you're doing it to them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and we, to me, and we I don't want to. And I'm not trying to trade slave masters. Right. That's not the game for me. The idea mm-hmm. is for us to be free and self-determined, and that's it. And if we're not going to get that, anything less just won't do. Mm-hmm. You you know, Kevin, man, that you I said do. something too that I wanted that I wanted to address. That when when we talk about this European, we talk about this white boy. I'm gonna call him a white boy. You know when we talk what about is, this, he a white boy. This is a white boy. <laughs> when we talk about this white boy. One thing about this white boy, though, and I tell people this constantly, it's not so much that they just hate you because you're black. You know, we have to get out of thinking like, oh, he hates me because I'm black. To them, it is a matter of survival. It is about exactly. a. It is about the continuation of their ethnicity. Of, right. And if not physically, because we know we can, like, um, what was it, Francis uh, Cresswell said, uh, um, we can outbreed them, we can outfuck them, you know what I'm saying, we right. can fuck them out of existence, you know, mm-hmm. we can outbreed them physically, so they will make sure that they exist through ideology and practices. White mm-hmm. supremacy is no longer enforced just by white people. Exactly. You got these Negroes enforcing <laughs> white supremacy a lot harder right. than white yes. people will enforce white supremacy. I don't knock yes. the Boers. I don't knock the Muslims. I don't knock the Christians. I don't knock the Jews. But to me, in my opinion, honestly, it's like the child. It's like playing hide and go seek when you're a child and you close mm-hmm. your eyes and you think you're invisible. You think because your right. eyes are closed that no one can see you because you can't see anyone. Right. I think that saying all of these things, if we do this, if we're more Muslim or Christian, that is to escape 
the problems that we face realistically as melanated right. people. I like the sister said that. As melanated people, what we refer to as black people in America, because like I've constantly right. said, when that police pull you over, you don't give a fuck if you were more Christian, a Muslim, a black Don't even man. ask. He don't even ask. It's shoot for his ass. If you got right. a gun in the car, shoot first, ask questions later. This right. is what the revolution is about. The revolution mm-hmm. is about, like you said, self-determination and freedom. And freedom yes. is, this is what gets me about the so-called revolutionaries out here. You have these revolutionaries, so-called revolutionaries, arguing with people about their religious beliefs. How are you a revolutionary? Which is you arguing with some, which is silly because if we're fighting for freedom, then anyone should have the right to worship whatever God they please. As long as that worship doesn't uh, intentionally hinder, obstruct, harm other people, and and specifically the masses of melanated people in America, African people in America. If you want to worship your, your Christian, I would advise, listen, get a black Jesus, have a black liberation theology. If you're a black liberation, freedom fighting Christian, more power to you. How are we going to say that we're fighting for freedom and then in the same breath want to take the freedom of the people to have the right to practice their religion? One thing I will say exactly. about that white boy right. in his deception and his deceit is he at least gives the illusion of a democracy <laughs> and freedom. He at least exactly. gives that illusion. This is why That's revolution right. is so hard to wage here in America, because these Negroes believe they're free. The white right. man realized I couldn't physically oppress them anymore. I couldn't overtly, you know, condemn them and oppress them anymore. I have to give them the illusion that they're making the choices of their own fruition. Mm-hmm. But not us as African people in America. We don't do that. Well, well, see, there's another thing that we we don't do, too, is we don't take advantage of the opportunities. You see, uh, the Ku Klux Klan was a political party and a religious organization. And when yeah. some whites in political power decided, well, just so we can calm these Negroes down some, we're going to stand against these Klansmen, but we're not going to totally outlaw or ban them from being Klansmen. Because as long as they're around, then if shit gets thick, then we can pull. Yeah. That's a resource oh. we can use because people are already mentally screwed up by it as it is. So it won't take much. All we would have to do is basically let them know, just like them sheriffs down south used to do back in the 1800s. Hey, yeah. you know, do what you do. <laughs> and do they'll be do. right out and, there and, with them while you're hanging. And you know what else <laughs> they do? And you know what else they do? They exercise, they exercise a political and economic muscle. The militia. Yes. Who who yes. does it here in America? Who is in their back corner? Who is in their back pocket? That's the right. NRA, and they're allowed the to associate. They have and they lobbyists. do it every weekend. Every, they are out exactly. there At, because doing they have their, their thing every weekend. They support certain politicians. They put their money. They put they put their economic with their political. They stand on a principle. We're divided. Like first of all, we have political apathy. We don't want to get involved right. with politics, though politics gets involved with us. That's the damnedest thing for me, first of all, for African people. I've never understood that. How we say, I don't get involved with that politics, but you pay a light bill, a gas bill, a phone right. bill. You're supporting it anyway. Your food, your clothes. Anyway. So they're yep. taking your money anyway. And they're glad that you don't want to say anything about where your money goes. Shut your mouth, nigger. They're, they're glad of that. We don't exercise yep. a political muscle. We don't pull one of these so-called, I'm not a reformist. I tell anyone, I'm not a reformist, but I understand that reform is a step, political reform is a step towards revolution. You're not, see, I'm not one of these sensationalists 
these rhetoric niggas. I'm not one of these Negroes going to get on Facebook holding a little uh, uh, punk-ass AR-15 with two 30-round clips thinking I'm finna shake right. something. I ain't even finna set you up for failure like that. Thank you see you. what I'm saying? I understand, the, I understand there's a process. So if you got somebody that aspires, they may not be as, uh, um, I don't want to, you know, for the lack of better words, I got to say radical, or revolutionary in the mind and ideology as I am, they may be, believe in participating a little more stringent in, in the political process, then it is up to us to snatch these politicians, especially locally, in our neighborhood and say, listen, we will support and back you as long as you're working for the masses of African people. If not, your ass got to go. We don't know right. how many misery pimps are getting paid off of us because we don't give a damn. They ride through, like I said, I'm in Atlanta where I see it every day. These Maynard Jackson, these Andrew Youngs, and these uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kasim, the last man they just got out of Kasimri, all these black people getting their domes are being paid, made gentrification coming. Who do you think is getting the kickbacks from all of these white businesses and stuff coming into black neighborhoods? Who do you think this is making it possible in a predominantly black city if it's not black exactly. politicians? And it's exactly. the apathy of black people participating in their own destination that allow anything to happen. Economically, I talk about, like the sister, I like what the sister was saying. But I say start with something simple as accountable spending. And people and I like that. I, I love know? that. But I also yeah, think people, we have to, we, we have a big thing that we have to deal with, and that is we need to stop assuming that because a black face is in front of you, talking like you want him to talk at that moment that he's with you. That's right. You know, a con man's uh, a con man's uh thing is that he's not greedy. You're never going to find a greedy con man. He plays on yeah. your greed. Yep. You know, and that's what's happening. We have uh so many you know, and and it does make it harder to know who you can trust. But the thing but, is is that like you said if we cultivate our own candidates. Yep. And we know where they're coming from. We know where they're not going to be. There ain't no backroom deals. No, no money in the paper bags. None of that. They are there to, you know, for empowerment. Then, yeah, and that's the job you know, of the revolution. And like you say, exactly. Kevin, the job of the revolutionary <laughs> is to be that buffer, to be that conduit, to be that catalyst, to be that go-between mm-hmm. for, to, for these so-called politicians or whatever. And to be able to break down what they're saying in layman's terms and to bring that mm-hmm. to the masses of the people, to keep the masses yes. informed. Too many times that these so-called revolutionaries, these pseudo-revolutionaries, want to set up cult-like followings. They don't want to empower right. people. They want people to empower them. Right. They want a they're following, arrogant. which means they, they really want, want to be a leader rather than, you know, and one of the things that bothers me is that, you know, people ask me, you know, when you, when you set up the group, I said I set up the group, and one of the first things I said was I'm looking for leaders. I'm not looking for followers. I need leaders. Yeah. I need each person to be a leader. So this way, should they pop me, there's somebody else that's going to jump right in there and not miss a step. Yeah. And if they mess with them, there's another one because everybody's well, capable of being a leader. <laughs> that's Everybody this is. This why I say this is why you always hear me my greeting. This is why I love the original, the so-called original party's greeting. Why do you hear me in my greeting? I say all powers to oppress people, but all powers to the people. The power lies in the people, not the individual. All day. The power right. is going to lie in the people. We must create methods and programs to empower the people. Kevin, let me go to this phone line, man. Yes, sir. And 
get you on there. I'm just going to leave it with me right here. Chairman Carr. Black Power, comrade. Black Power. Uh, you hit a very important point. One is you cannot have economics without politics. And politics uh, control everything. Uh, when we talk about business, we got to go back to history. Tuskegee Institute, the brother that took the peanut, the blood plasm. Then we have to talk about other cities, Tuscaloosa, Oklahoma, uh, that they bombed because uh, it was called Black Wall Street. We have to look at Atlanta before the Negroes came in and took it over. When we take over business, it has to be a political agenda and an ideology. If we're just dealing with capitalism, we know more uh, imitating that that we're trying to overthrow. And so when we say that economics is politics, the Black Panther Party started as a political party. And a lot of brothers and sisters don't know that, that we started as a political party. Our economics, all of that was about politics to empower our community, and because of that, we came under attack. Birmingham became Birmingham when they started bombing. Tulsa, Oklahoma, bombing. Wherever we have businesses at, they came in and to destroy the business. Now, the most dangerous thing we're dealing with right now, and I want everybody to listen, the most dangerous thing we're dealing with right now is integration where they have taken our babies. Ain't no nation or squirrel would not let a raccoon raise his child. We have allowed our children to be raised in the institution where they had taught us that we are descendants of slaves. We are not descendants of slaves. We are descendants of free men and free women that build empires. But they're not going to teach that because they do not want us to be builders. When we had our black school, we had carpenters. We had workshops. We had home economics where we taught cooking. We taught all of that. And so when we look at integration came in and destroyed the economics based upon politics, when politics came in, it turned the whole game around. And so I'm telling brothers and sisters, a black man to have a business today and don't have a political understanding of black nationalism and internationalism, which I call pan-Africanism, it ain't nothing but a store. If he don't not understand, the Arabs understand, they money go back to liberate Jerusalem. They money go back to liberate Syria. They money go back to liberate wherever they came from, Iraq, because they understand, even in America, they understand that the Arabs, they might be Muslims, and every Arab is not a Muslim, but he's an Arab, and they recognize the Arab nationalism. In some stores you walk in, you tell an Arab, assalamu alaikum, Arab look at you strange. I'm not Muslim, and they will tell you that, but I'm an Arab. So when we look at 
businesses, then we have to look at it from a black nationalist and an internationalist uh, point of view. Economic without politics is not going to work here in America. And under Donald Trump, everything is politics, from China trade, from Korea trade, from the Russia trade, from all they trade, they're dealing with politics, and politics is economics. And I want the comrades and brothers and sisters to know that. Our military way is to defend our businesses, to defend our homes, to defend our children, to defend our wives, to defend our husbands, to defend our elders. That is the third part of economics, first politics, economics, and defend our business. And that is what the Panthers started out being, and we got we got caught into the romanticism and we lost uh, the whole view that we are a political party and an economic party that deal with education, business, and all of that. Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. want to say that you can't have economics without politics. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one of the things, too, man, address, and I appreciate that, Chairman Carr, I really appreciate that, is when we're going back into, and we talk about that, you know, the political, the economic, and even the defense, one of the things when we look at defense because we had those institutions. I think my biggest thing is primarily what I tried to point out to melanated people over here is to, you know, to African black people, melanated people, I like that, um, is that it is a matter of survival. It is a matter of survival. And like Franz Fanon had once said, and I'm always quoting Franz Fanon because I love me some Franz Fanon. He said, when a man is fighting for his freedom or fighting for, and I'm afraid that fighting for their survival, you can't tell a man how to fight. We don't understand. I think that we are trying so hard to escape what is happening to us, not just what they identify us as, because it doesn't matter what they call us. It doesn't matter what we call ourselves. What is happening to us is very real. And I'm not just talking about the physical repression. I'm not just talking about the outright murders of innocent black men and black women. I'm, not, I'm talking about also the psychological, the health. When you look at our communities that consist of food deserts, the poor nutrition, the poor education in our schools. I'm talking about things that are targeted, targeting us and them targeting us for no other reason than uh, – what we look like, and that, and in that, that is how they put us in a class. That is how they put us in a class to justify what they do to us. But it is also imperative for their survival. This is what we got to understand. It's imperative for their survival. Us trying to go to them and go through their message to gain some type of freedom. You're oppressed when someone's living off of your blood and your labor. He is not or she is not going to give you freedoms. I don't care what they write in a law. I don't care what they say. How many times have we seen people be railroaded and victimized by the very system that, that uh, says that they're about justice, by their judicial system? I've been a victim of the judicial system. I can't tell you how many countless men and women 
of melon, African, black men and women here in America that have been victimized by the system for believing in the system, for trying to uh, adhere to the doctrine of this country, but anything founded on wickedness, anything founded on lies and deceit, murder, rape, and kidnap, all of a sudden can't be righteous. You're not going to find righteousness in their laws. And yeah, they defy black a certain way. It is to justify the treatment of black people. That's why they defy it that way. If I keep saying, tell my, but self-determination says, despite how you defy black, black is something different to me. And I don't care what they, they law say it is, when we get economic and political power behind it, we can change it. You don't believe it? Look at the homosexual revolution. Look at the homosexual revolution. I live in Atlanta. Let me tell you about the homosexual revolution. The Constitution used to state that marriage was the union between a man and a woman. But due to economic and political maneuvering, they had that changed. It got changed. So don't tell me about a fucking law. It can change when we come together and solidify our efforts and to begin to move in the same direction. And we're simply saying this. What a humanitarian is, I mean, what a revolutionary is, which is a humanitarian. You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again. It's just I'm going to come to you again because I want you to come back on. We want that the highest aspiration of the human being is to be able to reach their fullest capability and potential without intentional and deliberate obstruction. We want to be left alone to evolve naturally into the great people that we are. That's what we want. That's what we demand, and that is what we will have. But it's going to come, it's going to take us sticking together, shaking off. It isn't complicated. It's not complex at all, brothers and sisters. It's simply this. Listen, let me tell you, if you need a reminder, get back in the streets. Get out here with the masses of African people, black melanated people. Get out there with them. Rub elbows with them. And then you will begin to, it will rekindle uh, fire in you for social change to have better living conditions. Because we can sit and we can spit that shit all day to the brothers and sisters out here, but they're concerned about their living conditions, eating, their children, housing, the basic essentials, food, clothes, and shelter. They're concerned about that. Then we begin to, and once they understand and you tell the people why you're being denied these things is because of this, and then you point out to who's denying them the things, then we can discuss solutions in changing that. But if I can't keep selling my people utopia in a dystopic society, I can't keep selling them dreams while they're living a nightmare. I can't keep telling, promising my people Bull, when they see, when reality is slapping them in the face, every day they open their eyes. We must start having some practical solutions for some real problems that we're facing as African people. Let's go back to my sister again. Greetings, how are you? Again. I'm well. (laughs) This is amazing um, dialect we're having. I really appreciate um, all the soldiers just coming in and, you know, sharing your passion. Um, 
uh, like I said again, okay, you said that uh, politics, that was one of the notes. Um, politics is governed by their laws, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. if you don't fall under a certain category, then they place you in a category that benefits them. We have always been a nation that governed ourselves by universal law. And when they changed the concept by taking the matriarchal society, making it patriarchal, then guess what happened? We lost all connection to life existence in a universal aspect. And when we did that, that destroyed the structure. The divide and conquer concept, you had to divide the woman from the man. And then when we copulated and then we actually had our, our, our children, guess what happened? They established different institutions to take our children, to replace our men, and then subject us to everything, whatever they left the door wide open. So I can honestly tell you that it is vital, it is very vital that we look into the real laws of politics. So that that way, we're not asking nobody. We just are able to utilize the same methods to destroy the powers that came at us in the beginning. It's just like if you're trying to to um, allow a cut to heal, right? You have to apply the antiseptic or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the healing part, the the you know, <laughs> what do I try to say? Yeah, so yeah you're right, you're right. Right. Thank you, thank you. But at the same time, guess what happened? Our goodie, I don't say body because body is dead to me. Our goodie is actually a self-healing mechanism that is connected to life existence. We have came away from the land because we gave it up. We sold our own birthright. It's time that we start taking responsibility for our participation in our own demise. Because when these so-called leaders, I call it, let's deal with the churches. We got pimps in the pulpit right now. They are running a bunch of, uh, most of the women, okay, my sisters, are used to get our brothers in there, okay, and then they they infused this this disease in our veins every Sunday or every Bible study or whatever. Now, I don't care if you put a black face on it. It's just like um, the Jimbo days that I remember seeing their animation and you see white people in black face. It's the same blasted thing that's going on, okay? Now, also... We definitely have to look at the measures. We have to know our family trails. We must know it because that will connect us to the land where our people across the globe traveled or dwelt and built a civilization in that area. 
and 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 then we will realize that when we were uh, functioning as unified people, okay, when we were um, um, invaded, guess what happened? The whole civilization structure was destroyed. We were relocated, and then we lost our connection to our life source because we fed the world, and we talk about Africa. Well, Africa right now is feeding the world and has been for years. But mm-hmm. we, too, have that fertile... Look at this land. That's how come it's so multicultural. Because mm-hmm. everyone comes here because it's fertile. But the thing is, we continue to call ourselves other than who we are. You said you were Choctaw. Choctaw. And guess what I learned from um, the Chippewa chief, okay? She expressed that the churches, the AME churches and uh, the Methodist churches and everything that were all in the U.S., okay, those were families that headed those church because in that, in that structure, during that time, they went and, and, and um, um, infiltrated the treaties with the indigenous nations that were there. And guess what happened? Then they had the military in there, you call the courthouses. You have all the the. Um, we didn't even have prisons then. Here's, here's my thing. Yeah, there's some talk you know? in my ancestry, but what about the African in my ancestry? But there's Should no I difference. Just... But what well, I'm saying I, I... is, is location, because I too, my dad told me I was having this conversation with him, and he, I got very upset with him. I was like, Dad, we are from Africa, okay? All, everyone come from Africa. He said, we did not come from Africa. <laughs> I said, what are okay. you talking I, about? We didn't come, we didn't come yeah. from Africa. And, that, can, and he's a stirred man, and he didn't say nothing else. And then yeah. I looked into it, and then I, I did the, the journey, and it was um, um, Kentucky that my great-great-great-grandnan came from, okay? Mm-hmm. And then she, but before then, there were treaties from Virginia and Oklahoma, okay? A lot of our people traveled that way I, under the Chippewa band. So, so you, these you, are, you, your thing would be to go back, and that's where I'm from, Kentucky. That's, and that's, no, you know, brother, was, I'm trying to express it's not going back. Okay, yes. What I'm expressing is we have been conditioned. I'm not eliminating, excluding, or even ignoring the fact of the connection of our continent. Um, connection, okay? I, you know, but it's not even just about the, the, the connection of the continent with me. It's not even just uh-huh. about that solely. It's about uh-huh. the condition that we're facing here. I don't think acknowledging that there's Choctaw in my ancestry is going to change the condition solely it on will. that alone will change the condition it, that we face as will. a people. I think that the only thing that it will do, to me, I, you know, in my opinion, of course, it's just okay. either it's escapism trying to escape what we're facing as melanated people here in America, and all it does is just try to empower the Choctaw Nation, which the Choctaw Nation... No, it's Nation, not that, though. It's each individual family, okay, representing themselves in the land where they are located, where they dwell, okay, and then you're able to expand from there. The problem is we don't have our own identity. We're calling ourselves all this other stuff, 
but we're not actually living, doing, or, 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 or building that relationship as a family. Half of okay, us, we're so trying to unite with Africa, game? and we have it, cousins right here down the road that are suffering and ain't got nothing, and we don't even talk to them. That, How yeah, are you going about. to? I, that's the point uh, I'm making, that I'm a, I'm a black nationalist. I mean, I'm a pan-Africanist, you know, but okay. I, first and foremost, I'm a black nationalist. I don't believe that I can step over my brother here to aid and assist. How can I aid and assist my brother there and not aid and assist the brother in my face daily? So I agree with well, that. I don't see well, what I don't see is how us acknowledging some um, indignant, uh, indigenous status or us, me saying that, you know, some of my ancestry is Choctaw, how that. Okay. May I share? Yeah. I can answer that question. Yeah. But I'm going to utilize it by uh, uh, pointing out other cultures. Because it seems that we do that a lot as a people. We okay. compare ours based on others. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. The other cultures, right? Whenever mm-hmm. you see them, they say, oh, they're Polish. Guess what happens? They have the clothes that represent the Poland, Polish. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. the foods. They open up restaurants. They, they, it's a family thing. But then it goes into a landmass cultural thing. And then it expands and is recognized in the government. And then with that government is recognized internationally. But you hear what you just said, though. The first What's thing that? is they're, they're Polish. It's like the Arabs. Coming up, you know, okay. you know, when you come from Cleveland, you got a lot of Arabs. But all of them, there's different. You got Yemeni. Palestinian, a Jordanian, but when they're here in America, they're Arabs. For us to divide to even a further subculture, for me to get on some, I'm Chakatal, and not, it doesn't address, when they put us on that boat, or when we're indigenous or whatever, when we all begin to intermingle and mix, and they oppressed us and suppressed us based on our melon, we became a nation. And that is what our nation, go ahead, I'm listening. Okay, so when you said when they put us on the boat, I yeah, appreciate or, that term. You know why? Or, e- or even if they because didn't put us on the boat. Because most of us didn't travel on a boat. Okay, we, or even if you were, you know what even I mean? If you, yeah, or even if you were here first. It, it doesn't matter if you were here first. We can't deny what America was founded on. You, even if we was here, even if you didn't, we didn't come on a boat. The oppression and repression of melanated people existed and still exists. Because at that that time, you know why? Okay. We definitely, truth is truth, okay? Mm -hmm. At that time, and it still hasn't changed, people are the commodity. And whoever owns them or the facility to put them, then guess what happens? They're in business. People have always been now. The challenge with that concept is is that there's only one group of people that experience the horrendous behavior of captivity the way we have. Nobody else has experienced that. Mm-hmm. And not only that, we still have to take participation and accountability for our actions as a people. We focus Absolutely. so much of our energy. But on how the white are we a man people did. if we're, and if the, we're and still the, dividing and the, and the ourselves? Arab debt. 
Right. But how are we a people if we're still divided? We use that to show that they're still one people, that the, that despite their subculture, despite their subclans, Irish, mm-hmm. Italian, and all of that, they might beef it out and have it, but at the end of the day, their cockazoid appearance and the survival for that, cock- for that species of cockazoid, being a cockazoid, is paramount. But we still okay. find ways to try to divide ourselves. Me having Chakata on my blood doesn't serve me any purpose when I can still it be murdered. It does. You just haven't utilized it yet. What purpose does it serve me? But, but because it connects you with the land, bruh. It connects what you land? and it's your heritage. That's why. What land? The Chakata don't land even have the land no more. What land? The, the it people does. that have the land. All it, you know what, though? Here, what? the reason... <laughs> I understand why you don't see it at this moment. I hope I can share with you and you get the chance to see. When the people are living in our space, this is our land. Exactly. And okay? how do they get our and land? And the reason why it's our land, because we're indigenous to it. And every well, time we sit up here and say we came over on a boat in the slave, regurgitating that story... Sister. It's not our story. It's history. Well, no, so I'm not going. First of all, I'm not going to discount the Maafa. I do believe in the transatlantic slave trade. I'm not going. I'm not going to disrespect. For me personally, the 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 our ancestors like that. I do believe the. Slave remember, I said trans- that I'm not excluding, and remember, yeah, I said that I'm not ignoring. Right, but but I'm here, saying here, we're here. We need to focus. But here's my here. point: the people that had the land don't have the land anymore. If you rely on their laws, if you believe in them enough to believe that some law that they're going to follow, so you're talking about criminals. They're criminals. We're talking about treaties that were, were actually um, uh, uh, amended, and they were ignored, and they were changed. But see, the treaties, we established those treaties for those Folks to come over here and conduct commerce so, only. So we really, so you really think that they're going to adhere to those treaties? It, should those treaties exist, even if they do exist? Do you believe do. in your heart to heart? And really, seriously, you sincerely, because I, res- I really respect where you're coming from. You really yes. believe that this criminal is going to adhere to these treaties? Here's the thing, I don't have to believe that. See, the law is the law. Right? And <laughs> I'm, what I mean is universal law. Yeah. So no matter what behavior, I shouldn't say no matter what, time, it, it runs out on everything, okay? Their time is running out, and that's the reason why we are getting attacked. Well, a lot of our communities are getting attacked in the way it is. And the reason why is because while they were in parliament and people like you said you heard you were speaking with people and they say oh i ain't into the politics thing well guess what when they were showing you wars they were signing agreements at their meetings and their summits and their um conventions okay and then they come tell us what they did after after you've been focused on oh i don't know beyonce or people they have laws because they can enforce the laws. 
Laws because we laws don't have any and we haven't enforced we, any. We, because we don't have the enforcement. Economic and political, first of all, solidarity mean? and unity. We, how are we enforcing? How many people have we seen railroaded by their laws? Let me I don't show know you something. No, we focus so much on, but we focus on their laws, and we haven't instituted our own as a nation. Because, uh, See, ex- this is what we, I'm saying. We have to get in the mindset. We it's exactly, but this is we are in the mindset of being a nation. But no, we're not. Which, yes, but us saying that we're chicken. That's not the mindset of a nation to me. Us running from what nation that is a nation. Us, what that's a Chickatawa nation. All of us are not Chickatawa. What about the brothers and sisters that aren't Chickatawa? Okay, that is for the legal status of you declaring who you are in a in a governing status, so that the governments, the United States, would recognize you. So that so that when you travel to the, the UK, you go to Africa, huh? <laughs> they gonna give me a casino. They gonna slap me on the reservation. It didn't work for them. It didn't work for them. Nah, them man, you people. can't go. See, that's 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 another error that we experience all the time. This is real talk. No, real talk. No, I, what I'm I saying is, just, I'm, is that I'm if you, because, yeah, we cannot move forward if you're looking in the past and governing I, the reaction. If, that's the reason if why we don't too, look in the past, you see Black Wall Street. What about the Trail of Tears? Was that not real? Of course it is. Exactly. So I mean, you're talking about. But what I can say is, I cannot talk about the transatlantic slave trade because that information keeps coming up with loopholes. The the numbers don't add up compared to the amount of people that are in Africa, the amount of um, melanated people that are here. Okay, the amount of uh, what nations were here when they got here, and they were the ones that were telling the story. It don't okay. add up. And I'm not okay. saying it didn't happen. I'm just saying we need to work with the facts. There are military um, recordings. We have our family that is documented in the military, marriages, death. We have our own what? cemeteries, my brother. You don't get that in Africa. We're here. We're here. Yeah, and we're I'm not here, saying is, eliminate. So I'm saying what, we have to work with our brothers so and sisters. Right, so the end goal is what? To assimilate into an American system? I mean, what is the end goal? No, 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 no. You keep saying this is my land. What, they going to give me my land back or something? No, 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 I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to answer that question. Okay, two points. First, stop focusing our energy on what they doing and what they say and what they laws are. Okay? Second, then we start focusing on the government. The Melanite Nation governing um, protocol, okay? Because we have to have our constitution. Now is the time where we are able. To, I don't know if y'all see this. Now is the the vortex is open for us to free ourselves. I, I, but listen, we have gotten in, to so 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 caught up in oh what well, a white man's doing this or, I don't or they think say, that is, why why are we still doing this massive thing the Black Panther Party the new Black Panther Party you guys are the military what I are you talking is, about that, what is it a political party I don't I don't so much think that it's there isn't right. like I'm also I'm also I'm also a member of the Republic mm-hmm. of New Africa I'm a sworn citizen of the PG and our provisional government of New Africa so the Republic right. of New Africa. 
So I, I do believe we are working on things to get in a process to establish a government. I don't believe that running. And I'm a sister running... that's actually working with AFCO, which is the African Farmers um, Cultural Organization, right which on, was started right in on. Nigeria and Ghana, so that we could produce what we eat and eat we produce. And then we get linked up with our farmers, our local farmers, establish right a on, delivery right. service, you know, get the farm to door right to door, that kind of thing. I'm sure you... Like, I'm... I, I don't, I don't. I really, it, it's really, okay, let me put it like this. At this point in time, in our lives, okay, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the future of our children and right. how they are listening to our conversations. And I used to be a school bus driver. And let me show you something. I took um, one, one time, I took the, the so-called Jews, okay, to their, their function, okay, for a charter. Do you know what they mm. were teaching their children? They had their children put together a business plan, and then guess what happened? Then they went to two different locations. One was an elementary school that are younger than them, and they had to pitch their business plan, and they had their own table. They set up a vending so that they can display and everything and sell what they do. Then they went into the local television channel, okay, CBC or CCTV, downtown Toronto, okay? And guess what happened? They set up their booth there, and they were able to promote to the people I, there. So they I, are, I am. I want to know what are we doing with our you, children? Right. That's and that's and prayerfully we get on the the, the ball. But it, I like what you were saying because those Jewish people and I use them a lot as an example because one thing they have in common is that they're Jews. That they all agree that they're Jews, even though but you got Hasidic Jews. You got yeah, all of that stuff. But I mean, shit, who ain't? But we're you know, not lying. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not looking for them to tell. I'm not. That's why we don't need to deal with them. That's what I'm saying. That about doing. We don't need to deal with any other any of them. Let me finish this point. But even sorry, though they sorry. have, I'm even excited. though they have different varieties of Jewish, they have different offsets. His ascetics, the whatever, the this Jew, the that Jew. They all agree. On a Jewish philosophy and ideology And in that agreement And in that belief They even went They were so bad To pull political and economic power That they were able to annex Palestine And come up with the illegal state of Israel Israel is illegal That is a fucking made up state It's illegal But that's what I'm telling you Huh? I was saying hello I agree Yeah And it's based on no more than what they say God promised them in their holy books. That's why I well, say what God? law. They what didn't... God? And, and, and exactly. the funny thing is, so that's what the I'm funny saying. thing so is, is that, get... go ahead. You know why we're divided? Why? Okay. Through belief systems. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and then through those belief systems and teachings, they say, oh, you're supposed to love your enemies. Or you're supposed to do good for those, even yeah. if yeah. they yeah. do this and this and this and this. However, yeah. if you stand up, if you ask questions, even if you're analytical, then you are a heretic. You've been classified and categorized. Yeah. So yeah. in yeah. order for yeah. our quote-unquote African folk, black folk, whomever uh, we call ourselves today, yeah. <laughs> uh, sister, we I gotta need cut to Exactly establish the necessity, yeah. necessary infrastructures where 
the one thing you have to be conscious of is yourself. Is then yourself. when so you look at your I, brother and your sister, you look at them as self. So it's yeah. the I in the I that correlates with I. Absolutely. Sister, listen. That's it. I love this, so I love you, this conversation. Hold on, sister, sister. Yeah. I got it. Oh, you got to go? I'm sorry. Because okay. we got three minutes. This is how good this conversation was. I'm <laughs> hoping you will come back in. Next Tuesday at 8 o'clock, I'm going to have my officer contact you. I want to thank everyone who took out their Tuesday to share with us. Definitely want to thank this sister for the information, man, Kevin and everybody that came in, Chairman Carr, and um, sharing this Tuesday with us. But it's, it's like I said, man, it's your brother, National Chairman Yang and Kuma, coming from the People's Black Panther Party for self-determination. I'm going to leave you as I greet you. Every week, all powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, black power. And I'm even going to say melanated power now because I love that. Awesome. And melanated <laughs> power right on. Melanated Rough power thing. to a melanated people. Listen, give thanks for everything. Catch us next Tuesday, same time, same place as 8 o'clock. Um, and share your Tuesday with us and get in there. So, so we look for, forward to having you back on, right? Respect. Yes, no doubt. All right. Black power. Black power. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gon' body this hood, politics, acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. Money I duck, could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again. Bus stop glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rap to the death of it. To everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown. Hood rats, don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase. Street sweepers and coppers. Sick of kids with no conscience. Leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die. Nothing is fair, niggas roll up, shooting from wheelchairs, my heart is racing, Taste-